Welcome to Curveball Defied. On today's podcast, we have the pleasure of having Sean Gold. Sean went to the University of Miami, where he got his bachelor's in business administration. And in today's podcast, we will dive into how he spreads his wisdom through speeches and his best-selling book, Promoter Mind, Hustler Heart. Thank you so much, Sean, for coming on to today's podcast. Want to get started and talk a little bit about your environment and how that ultimately shaped you. All right. Well, uh, first, thanks for having me. Um, dropping the name of the book, dropping the school. It's always appreciated. Most people are like, wait, you went to college? <laughs> so, yeah, appreciate you doing the research. You're on top of it. Um, how my environment shaped me? I mean, uh, that's a complex question. Um, how far back do you want to go with that? We want to go back all the way to the beginning with the way that maybe like some of the values that your family instilled or maybe mm-hmm. like your mindset when you were younger and how that shifted kind of like the entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I, I grew up uh, outside Detroit and Michigan, so I had, uh, I had no money and bad weather. So that, that kind of, that kind of shaped my, uh, my entrepreneurial ambitions because as a kid I wanted stuff and my parents were very like, well, work for it. So I was kind of forced to, you know, kind of come up with hustles to make money so I can get, you know, things that kids want, like comic books and video games. And nothing's changed because now I'm an adult and I still have to come up money, come up with money to get, you know, comic books and video games. So it's, uh, you know, not, nothing much has really changed. But, um, you know, the value was kind of always just working hard. You know, um, it was always I was never very lackadaisical. I was always on the move. I was always out. I was always, you know, just being around, you know, and trying to think of ways to make money and trying to think of ways to come up with, you know, d- different ways to just get what I wanted. I mean, you know, I had, I had expensive hobbies as a kid, um, you know, whether it was trading cards or, you know, video games, I mean, $60 to a nine-year-old is like all the money in the world, you know, and it's like, how do I get that $60? How do I get that Donkey Kong Country 2 for the Super Nintendo? You know, like, it's just, how do I how do I get that? So um, I, I've always been entrepreneurial because there's just a need. It wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I feel like now there's always, you know, there's kind of a tainted entrepreneurship where it's like, I want to change the world. And it's like, why don't you change yourself first? Okay, like me, it wasn't about changing the world. It wasn't about making my community better. It wasn't about interacting with my peers. It, it wasn't about any of that. It was about... I want that. I need to get money for that. What do I got to do for that? Um, and that's kind of been like the basis of my life is just not waiting my turn and always working hard, always taking chances, not really caring what other people think, not really caring about failure, not really caring about you know what's going on in social media and who's commenting and all that. It's just what can I accomplish and what can I achieve? What's the outcome? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, and that's just how how it goes. Yeah, and it's quite difficult sometimes having that hustle and kind of also living life because as you are growing up, you still want to kind of be a kid. And when you're always like worrying about like, or not worrying about it, you're wanting these like items that when you're a kid, $60, as you mentioned, is like insanely, like it's it's hard to find those $60 sometimes and to try to figure out how to get those things. And it's like, it's harder to live like that childhood. And as we mentioned, you went to the University of Miami, which definitely is a super exciting school to go to for college. They have a really amazing business program as well. Can you talk a little bit about how the partying and the crazy distractions that are there, but how you also were able to instill and focus, maintain on your work life, uh, your work school balance. 
I mean, I, I'm the, I was the chief distraction officer for the entire student body for years. So, you know, I feel like that question is probably posed to anyone else that was like, how did you manage to stay, stay focused when Sean was throwing a massive party at a mansion or a yacht or invited the entire law school to an event with Express that had open bar and free food? Um, I mean, I chose the University of Miami because I wanted to throw parties. I wanted to start my company and throw parties. That's the whole reason. I got into University of Michigan, far superior school. Everybody in my life told me it was the wrong decision. Why am I turning down, you know, probably one of the best schools in the country, if not the world, with a great business program to go to Miami, which at the time was known as, you know, it was getting out of the suntan U. And it's like, that you had me at suntan. Um, so, you know, I came there. I didn't couldn't care less about the business program. I cared about my business program. The, the Sean Gold School of Business program of how I'm going to create something. And, um, you know, for the first two years, I was not a good student just because I had a singular focus of establishing myself, creating a reputation, learning the business and making money. So, um, you know, I don't want to say that I was part of a group of delinquents, but I was part of a group of like delinquents and misfits. I mean, you know, I had I had a lot of friends my freshman year that were they didn't they didn't fail out. They were asked not to come back. You know, they were, it was like, you know, you, you can't come back for a few years or you should go to another school. I mean, it was just, you know, a bunch of, we're a bunch of 18 year olds that, you know, our GPAs were like 2.0 and below, you know, that's because again, they were more like into drinking, going out. And I was born to going out, passing out club cards, getting people's numbers and really building a business and building my, my reputation. Um, and it took me two years to establish it. And by the time I was a junior, I had that reputation that, you know, everyone knew to come to me. And then by the time I was a senior, you know, I, I, I had the whole thing on lock. And essentially, you know, the last two years of school to me were junior, senior year really weren't that bad because I was uh, an entrepreneurship major, which uh, which is pretty much code for, you know, the easiest major the school offered at the time. You have to take all these finance classes or nothing. It was like, you know, it, took, it was like three classes and a bunch of whatever you want to take. So, you know, with me, that just meant taking classes that didn't take attendance. And I had someone that took good notes for me and was there to fill out whatever needed to be filled out. And they got free drinks at the club that week just for helping me out. So like for me, it wasn't like, oh, I have to go to the library and do this and have a project. I mean, we had a lot of that. But at the same time, it was mostly like, you know, the joke was the University of Miami um, was a four-year resort. And I was the head of entertainment. And classes were those pesky things you went to in between, you know, happy hours and partying and tanning. I mean, that's that's essentially what it was. Um, now I, I hear it's much harder, but it's not like, I mean, I don't really recall, you know, stressing out very much. I was, I was more stressed out of being like, are we going to, am I going to get kicked out of school for doing this? Well, let's try it anyway. And I almost did get that kicked out, but it was fine. Um, but, but yeah, and then I just kind of, you know, after I graduated, I just, that was my business. So for years and years, I was known as like the college guy for parties. And I had that niche. That was my crowd. So, you know, if you're a brand or if you're a major club, you want that 21-year-old crowd. You don't want the 50-year-old crowd. You want the 21 to, like, 30-year-old crowd. So even to this day, I still get calls for it. And, like, you know, even to this day, because I don't really do it as much anymore unless it's something really dope, um, I would just kind of be like, listen, you're old enough to have your own kids in college. Make them promoters, <laughs> you know? Um so, yeah, but it wasn't, I mean, my focus was, again, on the business. And then once I got it established, my grades increased, everything increased, um, just because it was just, I have a singular mindset with a lot of, when it comes to things. And, you know, when people be flipping out about, you know, the midterm, like, again, I'd be flipping out about, you know, okay, how are we going to pack this party? Or, 
which celebrities coming or, you know, oh, there's a private, there's a private mansion party. You got to do that and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I operate a little different than most people that were like, well, I had to join the entrepreneurship club and the coding club and I had to do this and I had an internship at Goldman Sachs. Like, you know, I walked in the career fair once because I was lost. I was like, what's going on here? And they said, you need a suit and a tie, leave. So that, that was it. You know, I, I smell food. What's happening here? And they're like, get out of here. So, uh, yeah, again, I had a, a kind of a unique, a unique pathway that I established. Most people that are that hear that story, they would be like, okay, this person wasn't able to amount to much. He was just a delinquent. And they kind of see it and are kind of like hateful because it's kind of like no way this person's life seems too good to be true. But you ended up turning it into a business and kind of were able to demonstrate that every single successful entrepreneur has a different story and what you're good at may be something that other people are not good at. And the way to get to that final destination is different. And how you mentioned about how, like what you were worrying about when other students were worrying about other things. And ultimately at the end of the day, you still got the same degree as everybody else who went to those career fairs that went to uh, all those classes and did all those things. And I always say that you have to work smarter, not harder, because a lot of people think that they have to sit and study and do all these things in order to get good grades. But there's definitely tools that are out there, especially with a lot of softwares that are there in uh, that are coming out with summarizing tools or helping you study, whatever it may be. You have to utilize those resources. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some takeaways that you did get from college, from like the academic level and how that helped you become an entrepreneur and maybe also some courses that you wish you could have taken that would be able to help you. Sure. Well, first, I just want to touch on what you said is that, you know, when people, you know, I inspired envy, but at the same time, the envy also did not, you know, if people, there, there, there's a quote that says, you know, uh, the envy you have outlasts the, the happiness that you envy, you know? Um, and the, the issue is that, yeah, everyone saw the fun times, but they didn't see, you know, the existential dread, the failures, the loneliness, the losses, they didn't see any of that. You know, it wasn't something I broadcasted. What they saw was me throwing crazy parties and hanging out with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of beautiful girls and doing the limos and doing all that. What they didn't see is the stress of, you know, not getting paid, the stress of being, you know, 19 years old and having to chase down people that are 40 to get your money. They didn't see, you know, the they didn't feel what I had to feel when I would get, you know, C pluses on exams that I really tried to study for, but I was too busy working and all that. So um, that's one thing I just want to touch on is that, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's not an easy thing. And, you know, you only really see the successes. You don't really feel the anxiety and you don't feel just the trauma, you know, the mental trauma that you have to go through um, to get to where you want to be. Also, you know, um, there's a quote from Carl Jung that says, if you are, if you can see your path laid out before you, you're on somebody else's. So this whole notion of like, this is what you have to do. And this is what you have to go. And this is what you have to do. Well, that's what everyone's doing. I don't want to do what everyone's doing. If I wanted to do what everyone's doing, I would have went to the better school and I would have went to the career fair and I would have went and did all that. I wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know, um, and I wanted to be worthy of my sufferings, worthy of the failures, worthy of making the choice. Um, so I just wanted to get that out there before everyone thinks like, it's great. You didn't do anything except party for a living because yeah, that's what it looks like, but it really was, it's, it's, a, it was just a lot of, you know, garbage. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, going to the university of Miami was the best choice I've ever made just because it went against what everyone else told me to do. 
I followed myself, you know, my own, my own heart, my own mind to, to do it. Um, and I did get a lot out of it. You know, I mean, not only just like business wise, you know, but I did get a lot of knowledge out of it. I keep in touch with my entrepreneurship professor, you know, years later, we still keep in touch in email and go back and forth. Um, if there was anything that I could have taken, because I, I don't really have regrets, I don't live like that. But if there's anything that I could have taken, it would have been more classes in psychology, just because um, I'm a big fan of psychology and philosophy. I feel like I took one philosophy class and it's not my fault, but the class was terrible. And it kind of turned me off until I rediscovered it on my own. Um, and psychology, I feel like I had a street level view of psychology from dealing with everyone from celebrities to some of the wealthiest people in the world. to you know, frat kids and sorority girls, all that in, in a night's work. Um, but I wish I kind of took psychology classes to understand it better, um, to give me an edge. But um, no, I, I think just being there, you know, it's it's kind of like one thing I tell people, especially students now, is that, you know, in business, in your career, the people that, you know, that you're hanging out with now, if they're serious, are going to be successful. And I can say this because I've had people that were just the people I go to happy hour with, see at house parties, the complete misfits, the drunks, all that, you know, now they're founders, accountants, lawyers, you know, executives of big companies, you know, so that drove a lot of business, you know, because they grew up to be people, people that usually go to college don't intend to, you know, graduate and be a degenerate. They intend to graduate and try and make something of themselves and try and make money and try and be successful. And um, they always like to come back to Miami and hit up me. So, you know, it's kind of like that's, uh, that's, that's how I got a lot of my business later on. I mean, it's like my first friend ever at university gave me my biggest client like seven years later, you know, like my, it's, it's just like literally to be like, Oh, like the kid next to you. And then like a lot of people that, you know, were just, again, people I'd see out all the time grew up to be, you know, very successful. And they always had clients. They always had their boss. They always had their colleagues that, Hey, they're coming to Miami. What can you do for them? So that's kind of how like I, I built my network and established a lot just because I, I was always just out and I had thousands of contacts. So, you know, if I could, you know, help somebody out and make them look good at work, you know, I would do it. But um, yeah, as far as academics, I mean, you know, a lot of the knowledge I learned, it didn't really matter. And I say that from someone that was on Jeopardy, like stuff I learned didn't come up in a question. I wish it did. If only political science 211 came up on Jeopardy, you know, so like it didn't. Um but it just, it's there, it's part of the game. But I also think that, you know, college kind of, I feel like it kind of robbed me of the stuff I could have learned on my own. You know, I feel like that's education in general because a lot of education teaches you monotony, you know, and um, it teach, it takes away, you know, the natural interest you might have because it replaces it with, you know, charts and graphs and stuff that is just so boring, you know, like that would turn people that aren't interested but could have a passion for it, it could turn them off. Um, so I got turned off from a few things, but I had to rediscover it on myself on my own. But I still think again, it was best decision I ever made. Um, the, the 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 network effect was the greatest, and that's from the professors, that's from students. I mean, it's you you have to have a mindset that you you are not a drone or a number. You have to have a mindset that I need to. This is an investment into myself. I'm going to get whatever I can out of it. Now, if you want college to be a four year a four year party with a hundred thousand dollar cover charge, go for it. But just make sure that you get something out of that, you know, that you can take and 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 bring with you the rest of your life. Because, I mean, still, like, you know, we're doing this podcast, but it's kind of like no matter all the accolades I have, it'll always go back to like Nightlife Ninja and University of Miami, which I'm fine with. Totally cool with it. 
but it's like, you know, I, I always think back to make sure I got the most out of it and did whatever I could. And I feel like I, I did everything extremely possible short of, short of being able to speak at my graduation because I wasn't the valedictorian, but I did have plans to maybe try and, and bribe the valedictorian so I could speak at it. <laughs> but like short of, short of that, I did like everything possible in college. I got, you know, almost kicked out, was on the, the little local access TV show. I was in the newspaper a bunch of times. I did everything possible. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it's really, you know, you have to kind of have your own objective beyond just getting a degree um, and beyond obtaining knowledge. You want to be networking, you want to be exper experiencing what you want to experience, and you want to really just use it to your advantage because you're never going to be anywhere else in, for the rest of your life, you know, in an environment where everyone is your generation and is your age, give or take three or four years. You're never going to be in anything. Most people, they graduate and they go work for a big company or whatever, and they move away and the youngest person there is 35 and he has six kids. So that you're 21 and you, who am I supposed to hang out with? So it's kind of like, you know, you want to forge your relationships in college and, you know, see where it takes you and, and take something more than just a degree from it. Thank you guys for listening to part one of the podcast. Part two will be up shortly. But in the meantime, you can check out the links below from today's guest. See you guys soon.